So pain became the fifth vital sign. I'm sure a lot of this stuff you probably already heard, so I'm gonna to try to get a little quicker because I'll never finish. Um, in, 90, in 98, the VA sends a memo to all the doctors in the VA system. You have to aggressively treat pain. You have to start prescribing opioids. There's too many people with, um, with pain that come back from whatever war it was or just people who served. The government gave bonuses to hospitals. You know the smiley face program that came out in the 90s? Like you, were, you had to put whether you were frowning, I'm in pain, or I'm fine. Like if you fell on one of those scales, you had to get it. Like they actually bonused, they bon the government bonused the hospitals if your numbers were high in making sure people left in less pain. That's not an incentive to prescribe medication. Money. Massive influx of pharma money to direct to consumer, recreational use, no stigma. So now what happens is your kids are going to ask them that they are going to parties now in college or even high school and people grab pills from the house, throw them in a bowl, they mix them up and take them. Because it's not somebody in the corner behind the dumpster with a needle, just taking mom's pills she had from she got her tooth pulled. But they make you feel cool. It's not cool. The VA, now what, what they did recklessly is they polymedicated. So you're you have PTSD, you're being medicated for depression, and then you go to the next guy for pain and they give you the pain medication. 240% more likely to, prescribe, to be prescribed an opioid. That's a sin. Suicide rates two times as high, not reported as overdose, alcohol lethal mix. What I'm gonna explain on that now, John McCain, there was a whistleblower, before John McCain passed, there was a whistleblower. This just happened now, like you're not even gonna, you probably will hear it, but now you're hearing it now because this just came out of the last meeting. A whistleblower went to John McCain and said, please look at the files of veterans. Does anybody know that we're losing, you all know we're losing 20 uh, vet uh, veterans a day to suicide, right? You heard that statistic? That's disgusting. 20 a day. The whistleblower that sent the letter said, please look at the files on suicide. And then explained why. McCain put somebody in place to do some investigative work and they found out that, that the, the depression medication along with the pain medication with the opioids and as soon as they take a drink, the chemicals that you put a dog down is basically alcohol, an opioid, and an antidepressant. It's not, they don't take those and chop them all up and then put in a thing, but the chemical makeup of those are how you put a pet to sleep. So when they polymedicate and they go out and they're hanging or they have a drink, they die, but the main diagnosis is PTSD, so they go with that diagnosis as a suicide because it's usually around something that takes place. So they're, now they're looking at maybe half of those 20 a day are related to being over-medicated. That adds to that false number of 120 people a day. Government corruption, I'll not bore you with it. I'm not even gonna bore you with that slide because I'll tell you exactly what happened. A run-up, of a bunch of attorneys that made the laws so that they can, ha they can ha handcuff distributors and pharma companies, 56 lawyers, including two deputy um, attorney generals, second highest law enforcement officer in our country, 
56, which included two of our second highest law enforcement officers, were recruited from, the pharma, from pharma and distribution companies to work with them with promises of 10 times what they were making in the government, so long as they got certain things passed. 56 in a period of time that while we knew statistically things were getting worse and people were dying, they were hiring these people in. From 2011 to 16, 65 immediate suspension orders were in place when these guys started cooking, saying, okay, we're gonna follow. How do you get a West Virginia town with 5,000 people and a million prescriptions? Oh, we, something's wrong, right? I mean, who's shipping all that over there? There's not even enough people to cover that. It's a, obviously a diversion tack. They were going after these places like crazy. There was one in New Jersey that they look at statistics even through Medicare. There, the highest amount of opioid money that was going out from Medicare patients to a pharmacy was $2 million in, this, in the entire country. There was one in New Jersey that was selling $20 million worth of opioids out of one pharmacy. So essentially what happened is those suspension orders, when you can find that happening, you know how much diversion of those medications were hitting the street as a result? And again, let's tie it back to what we do for a living. Because if 80% of the people started with a prescription, it's not the prescription they got from the doctor, it's what they found later and needed more and didn't get it and needed more and didn't get it. And now these damn companies are flooding the streets with it and you go and buy it, now you can't afford it, so you get heroin instead and you're dead. I'm not gonna bore you with that. It's another uh, depressing slide. I don't know how many of you see, this was in the news for a while. These couple in here with this kid in the back seat. This is just a, I just like pissing people off, so I don't want you getting pissed off with me. That's not, that's not good. You think that they, if you interview them when they come out and they talk to you, they're like, Jesus, if I would have known that this is what I ended up like, I would have never started. Like, everyone says that when they think about it and goes backwards. Like, they got to look at that picture now themselves. Path to heroin. So you have... 30-day supply, uh, opioids prescribed at annual rate give every American 30-day supply. It's out there in abundance. It's still out there. The 90%, 5% thing we discussed before, 80% we discussed. They're building tolerance. They're cranking up. Now, uh, on the opposite side of this opioid thing is we're finally seeing that law enforcement's able to crack down. We're finally seeing that doctors can't write 30 days. They write seven days. We're finally seeing, we're finally seeing, we're finally seeing. But what has happened, it's created this bubble of people who are have been taking for so long that they now have to go to the street and because of demand factors, you just, it's a balloon effect. Like you're, you're taking the problem and squishing it somewhere else because now you've got this massive amount of people who are just used to taking it and they're going to hit the street. And of course, you can't afford $60 pill habit and you're taking 10 of them a day, but heroin's $5 a bag. I was at the, uh, I spoke at the uh, Custom and Border Protection, this was Homeland Security, and I, I spoke to the top law enforcement of the country was there. We had um, Border Patrol, the Postal Service, 80% of the packages that come from other countries go through JFK, elaborate systems of trying to take a look at the stuff that comes in. Um, it was very enlightening. In fact, it was very scary because we weren't allowed to discuss any of it until it comes out so afterwards because this was the top law of enforcement of our entire country. Um, the DEA, Postal Service, these are the people that we said. The dark web, underground, now fentanyl starts to creep in. 
So do you, every, we know what Bitcoin is, right? How about being in law enforcement and you're trying to track money and payments and bank accounts? Now, there's, they just come up with this incredible thing called Bitcoin. You can't trace any of it. When a transaction is made, no one knows who made that transaction. They have no idea who's paying and delivering and, and buying this stuff anymore. Uh, in JFK, they have the dog. It's, he, one of the guys from JFK was there who lost his dog, and he went up to tell an emotional talk about it, and he said there was a box of pens from China. It was pens. We have millions of those boxes coming in a week because how many, I mean, is there pens here? I mean, I bet you this came from there. I bet you any, half the pens here came from there, and you have ours in our clinics with our name on it. The inside of the pen didn't have ink, it had fentanyl. And it was, there's a thousand boxes, but only two of the boxes were loaded, so the chances of you finding it are zero, except for the one that got broken, the dog sniffed out and the dog passed away because he overdosed. But that kind of stuff is scary. And the DEA has trying to fight it. So soon, as soon as fentanyl is now put up as a, as a type of drug that you would be able to put somebody away for 20 years, the chemists in China change it, just one little tweak, and now it's called something else. You can't bust these people for more than a day. They go in and go out because what they test it for is not fentanyl, although it, it's, it's exactly fentanyl. So they can't, get, they can't stay ahead of this thing. Um, so what, let me get to a slide, because I, I just, I, I know I'm, I'm time-ridden here, but this heroin, the fatal dose of heroin, as you see here, is fairly large. I mean, that's not what's in a bag when they sell it, but look at the amount of grains in fentanyl, and look at the carfentanil, which is now replacing fentanyl when they mix this stuff up. Carfentanil is what they use to transport elephants. They literally put you out, and that's amount that they use to transport it, because it's that strong. That's like a grain. So if you go and Google pill machine right now, you'll find, you can go and buy for $1,000, $2,000. You can go buy yourself a pill machine. You could pour anything into that little hole, and it'll come out whatever you want. You can you could put 10 ingredients, two ingredients, and make, your, make yourself a pill. So Xanax, which is real popular at the college level, now there's, they're popping up all over the place and the people are mixing it. They're taking fentanyl, heroin, Xanax, inositol, some other fillers, chopping it all up into some crazy powder mix, throwing it in the machine and pushing it out because the guys who sell the Xannies that really make you feel good are gonna have them come back. Now, the problem with this and why we're seeing a large number of fentanyl issues are pills and then the fentanyl getting cut into heroin is because that the fent, uh, like that chocolate chip cookie, there was, I think it was Casino where Robert De Niro is like looking at the pancake, blueberry pancakes and he's, his, they both ordered them and there's tons of blueberries in your plate and I got like three. He gets up and goes into the kitchen. He's like, what the, I, we ordered the same damn thing. He's like, I, I take, I mix the blueberries in the thing, I put them out in there, and they come out like that, it's not my fault. You know, it's like some blueberries are here and some are there. Well, when they take fentanyl with a credit card and they're popping it in and mixing it into their thing, these guys aren't scientists. They're trying to cut it to make it cheaper. And then you get pills that are 100% fentanyl, and you get pills that are, are not fentanyl at all. So it's, it's a, no wonder that the overdose doesn't come. And the die cuts that say Percocet, they say Xanax. I could go online right now and buy them, and they'll get shipped to me. 
If I put in how to press and the letter Y, first it says what I typed, then how to press your hair, but looks what, look at the next, how to press your own pills. Type, do it later on and type, type that into your, your browser. The prosecutor is that, now this is the last slide I'll go and, I, and then I'll, I'll run. <laughs> Why is fentanyl coming into the marketplace? So the head of, of uh, the Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA, gets up and says, okay, I want to sell heroin. I'm going to go to Mexico, buy 300 hectares of land. I'm going to pay off everybody around it. I got to pay off the guys farming. I got to pay off my chemists and who make the paste. And I got to pay off the guys to get it to the border. And I got to get it to the other side. So for $50,000 with a kilo, I could sell it and make a profit of $150,000 because it's worth about two fifty dollars on the street. Now, I'm in a lab coat in China, and I walk into my chemical company, I press the button fentanyl, a barrel fills up in 30 seconds, it gets shipped on the dark web, and I can't track it, shows up at JFK in statues of the Blessed Mother filled from underneath. It's like it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And, and one kilo, instead of $50,000 to buy a kilo, it's 5K to buy a kilo of fentanyl, and the profit is $5 million. Water and oil don't give you that kind of profit. So we are not going to come out of this anytime soon. And again, this is all heavy stuff that I'm getting thrown at the government level, but I want you to see the gravity of it because none of this makes sense if you can't stop it ahead of time. Like this is again all of what, we're, I'm, what I do as a primary care, uh, what I call myself as a primary integrative care physician, I have an analgesic cream that if you don't give a topical analgesic cream to your patients when they leave, you're missing the boat. I'm, that one, 24-7 R&R, &R, Relief and Recovery, giving a shout out because I made it. <laughs> um, but you could do other things, 70% reduction. I went into a primary care physician's office, I set up a free shop. Every person who had pain came into my office. They reduced their opioid script writing by 70% in one year. That's a lot, you know, that is a lot. Um, I just wrote a chapter in a book with Jack Canfield, his, his next success book. Uh, this is the guy that did uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. He wanted me to do a chapter on the success on what we're doing with the opioid crisis. Uh, and then at a political level, Secretary of State Pompeo, like these are all the people that I kind of buddy up with. Um, and they're all on board every time I shake. It's like we're in a meeting and my hand goes up. It's like, oh, okay, Dr. Rosa, what? Um, but I don't care. And I re or, this is not how great I am. This is how great we are. Don't feel like you can't do it. Number one is that you got a guy that put together something absolutely incredible. The fact that you are here and we, it, he's changing the way healthcare is going to get delivered. So you gotta say, great move on your own part. Look in the mirror and say, you, you're killing it right now. And you're killing it because you made a decision to go with this guy, and he's, he's gonna take this a whole nother level. Because integrative medicine is all they talk about. They don't talk about physical therapy. They don't talk about chiropractic. They don't talk about medicine. They talk about integrative medicine as being part of the solution, and I'm telling you right now, it's happening. The swell, it's a wave 
There's like seven surfboards and the waves are up. It's not a massive tsunami, but it's there. It's curling right now and you guys are all on that board. You all got a board on there. It's gonna happen, it's gonna make a difference. But that integrative tag is easy. Sell it, go out and talk to people, other physicians, get patients to be sent to you. Knock on doors, politicians. I'm no different, it's just, I have a little bit of an ego. I could talk, I, you know, I think I'm pretty good looking. I can open a door. But everyone else in here, I'm looking, you're all good looking. You're all can, you all can knock on that same door. Go and do it, beat it up, ask for help. You want help from me? I'll show up. You got a door you wanna knock on and it's important and you feel like I'm not there yet? Call me, I will take a flight and show up. Ask Mike, I've done it for him. Yep. But follow this guy because he's doing unbelievable things. This funding we're getting to build up more medically assisted treatment facilities. Thank you very much. We have two more questions. Dr. John Rosa of Darnstown, Maryland. Yes, thank you. Are we on? There we go. Thank you. Uh, first, I want to thank the President, First Lady, Administration, panel, participants. We have a lot of experts and families that have been affected. So thank you very much for being able to put something like this together. Uh, my name is Dr. John Rose. I have 14 integrative medicine clinics in the DMV, which incorporate medicine, chiropractic, physical therapy, acupuncture, yoga therapy, mindfulness, nutrition, supplement treatment for pain. Uh, many of the government agencies and some organizations like the CDC, FDA, the VA, American College of Physicians, Joint Commissions have suggested and or required physicians to use these alternative treatments uh, as the first line of care in lieu of medication. Um, you know, 90% of the consumption of opioids comes from this country and we're 5% of the world's population. So the other parts of the world have obviously been using these type of alternative therapies to combat pain before that prescription's written. And that's just to let it sink in, over 90% of the opioids produced are consumed by the United States of America. And I also treat professional athletes. So if we get an NBA player who gets hurt, hurts his back, we have five, four or five experts on this guy immediately. There's a chiropractor, there's a therapist, there's an orthopedic surgeon, there's the trainer. He's treated three times a day until he's okay to practice. When he practices, we videotape what he's doing so we know that his motion's okay. He gets to be cleared to play ball when he is in pre-injury status. Same guy gets hurt, same exact condition, goes to the medical office, gets an opioid, gets sent home for rest. Where does the breakdown occur? We know that these research methods of treating people and that are you know, scientifically proven and used in professional sports not good enough for the average person. We're creating a society of chronic pain patients because when they go home with that first script and they're not treated right away, the propensity for this to be a reoccurring condition in the future goes higher every time that episode occurs. So going way upstream in prevention is to stop it, that script from ever getting written. We've touched on it a bit, but uh, you know, part of my, my, you know, I have a, one of my clinics out of the 14 is a free clinic in Maryland. And in that free clinic, it's in a very busy medical practice, primary care, and within a year's time, we've reduced the script writing by 70% for opioids in that clinic. Now, I went and we had our meeting, and I said, you gotta tell me what happened. 70%, 10% you write a paper, 70% you call somebody. Yeah, and, and the answer was, well, you're here. 
can it be that easy that if it's available, you're not going to have that process take place? So my question, with all that emotion, because I obviously head into this, but the question would be, how do we instill the proper referral for and the insurance reimbursement of these known evidence-based alternatives for treatment? And I am at your disposal at any time because I've been doing it for so long. So feel free to, uh, to call on me when needed. Well, that, that, Doctor, that, that's exactly the issue I was mentioning to CC a second ago, which is the investment that we're making at the National Institute, Institutes of Health around okay. alternative so, pain. My own yeah, I, mean, I just, just to touch on that, that, when I say go and shake the cage, just go and shake, I mean, I got there for multiple reasons, but that cage shaking is what got me appointed as a surrogate to the team at a federal level at the White House, and now at a state level, and now for the Homeland Security. And the, it's not that I'm better than anybody. It's just that I just shake the cage. So the, just shake, the reason, shake it. The reason he's there is because he, because he put himself there. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's what we're asking all of you to do. That guy just asked you to ride on the surfboard with him. Let's give him a huge round of applause. Yeah, stand up. Stand up, man. The guy's going to Washington for us. Give him a standing round of applause.